When Charles Bruffy heard this setting of the Antiphon Ubi Caritas at a choral director's conference in Miami, Florida back in 2007, he recognized it as something special. He went back to Arizona and introduced the music of Ola Yelo to his ensemble, the Phoenix Chorale. And that began a long partnership with the Norwegian composer that has culminated in the 2012 release of Northern Lights, choral works by Ola Yelo on the Chandos label. I'm David Wood, and this is Horizons in Music, a program celebrating the music of living composers from the studios of WFIU Public Media in Bloomington, Indiana. And this week, I'll talk with Ola Yelo about his music, and we'll hear some selections from the recording. The Phoenix Chorale under the direction of Charles Bruffy, performing Prelude by composer Ola Yelo on the recording Northern Lights, choral works of Ola Yelo. 
And joining me from Arizona via Skype is the composer. Ola, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you so much. It's great to be on the program. You were the Phoenix Chorale's first composer in residence. How did that relationship come about? Uh, it started that uh, with uh, me basically meeting the uh, the conductor, Charles Bruffy, at the uh, ACDA convention in Miami in um, 2007. ACDA is is the, the National uh, Choral Directors Association, and they have a huge uh, a convention every two years. Um, so that's... Uh, well, that's when I sort of broke into the choral scene a little bit in, in the U.S. because I had to, uh, two of my pieces uh, performed uh, at that convention. And, and, and for a choral composer to have a piece performed at the, at the National ACDA is kind of a huge deal because, you know, there will be hundreds of, of uh, conductors sitting in the audience. And uh, so, you know, if they like your piece, then uh, that, that means a lot. Um, so, uh, so he heard a couple of my pieces, uh, both uh, which are on the album, uh, and uh, those are uh, Ubi Caritas, and another one that is called uh, Prelude. So, uh, so my publisher Gunilla Luboff of uh, Walton Music um, just introduced me to Charles, and uh, then he started performing my music uh, with his two uh, main choirs, the Kansas City Chorale and then the Phoenix Chorale. And um, and the Phoenix Chorale, uh, you know, uh, uh, liked uh, performing the music, and I came out there a couple of times, and uh, also write. I wrote a piece for them that they commissioned, uh, which was called Phoenix, which is also on the on the album. Um, and then they decided they decided that they wanted to to do a residency, and uh, so uh, and that's what happened. Was this recording always part of that plan? Uh, not, not, not from the outset. I think, or it just wasn't on the radar yet. But, um, but it's something they, I guess they, they gradually uh, realized that 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 was something that they wanted to do uh, after uh, they had a such wonderful success with uh, their their previous CD called "A Spotless Rose," uh, for which they they won a, a best uh, small ensemble Grammy in uh, 09 i think mm-hmm. a- and uh so so they uh, weren't sure exactly what they wanted to record next and then uh and it seemed like a really good uh fit and uh, i was very excited about it too of course so um uh so that's something that sort of gradually uh uh you know came in on the onto the radar and uh um, especially, of course, from from Charles and from Joel Rinsema, who's the uh, executive uh, director of the of the choir. And one of several premiere recordings on this album is a work that you dedicated to your publisher Gunilla Lubov. Can you tell us about Dark Night of the Soul and why you dedicated it to her? Uh, well, I mean, uh, she she was actually the commissioner. She commissioned the piece. Um, so uh, on behalf of the Phoenix Chorale, so it was it was premiered by by the Phoenix Chorale in Phoenix uh, during my that was sort of the main piece of of my residency that year. But um, and um, but yeah, she she uh, she wanted to uh, to commission a piece from me uh, personally, um, and uh, so it was very uh, natural uh, thing to uh, to dedicate it to her. And, 
And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the piece? Uh, it features you uh, at the piano along with the string quartet, uh, the Harrington string quartet, and the Phoenix Chorale. Can you tell us a little bit about the process behind that that combination of instruments and voices? Absolutely, yeah. I um, By the time I wrote that piece, uh, um, I started... Uh, adding the piano quite a lot more to, to my choral music. And also because I, I'm a pianist and I, you know, I love the piano and, and, uh, and also it's a great way when, when people commission pieces, uh, they often, you know, invite me to the premiere and, or do a workshop and coaching and stuff before the premiere. And, uh, so, uh, and I'm not a conductor at all, uh, cause I always wanted to uh, play the piano. So, um, it's a great way for me to be able to play with them and, and sort of contribute that way and really, really, uh, work, you know, uh, very intimately with the groups. But, um, I also wanted to bring the piano out a lot more in, in a choral piece, uh, because, uh, the, the piano tends, uh, especially in choral music, I think, to to be uh, – it's not supposed to be heard <laughs> too much and, and sort of just be kind of meekly uh, in the background. Uh, and uh, so uh, so I thought that was – you know, that's too bad. And, and I really want – I wanted a more of an equal dialogue between piano and choir. Uh, so that's what I kind of set out to do. Uh, but the other thing is I think – Unfortunately, uh, choir and piano is 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 slightly tricky. Uh, of uh, it's a slightly tricky combination, and uh, for some reason, I think piano can sound a little clunky uh, when paired with with uh, choir, uh, as opposed to with strings or something like that. So what I did is I added a string quartet to kind of bridge that sonic gap between uh, choir and piano, and I think that really kind of <clears throat> uh, helped. Um, uh, meld those two sound worlds together and so that was a really exciting kind of discovery uh, and that you only needed just four strings really to sort of accomplish that uh, if it was sort of doubled right um, so that was something I really like and 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 it, it was also a way to try to to get a, as much of a sort of symphonic broad lush sound out of fairly small forces you know it's just five instruments piano string quartet plus a chamber choir and uh but somehow i felt like uh if again if it was sort of scored right uh you could get a pretty big sound which uh, is exciting to me because you know it's hard for most ensemble to pay for you know to hire an orchestra or something to perform with their choirs so if you can get such a, a, a fairly big sound with very small forces, that's, uh, that's very exciting to me.
Dark Night of the Soul, performed by the Phoenix Chorale under Charles Bruffy, featuring soprano Allison Cheney, the Harrington String Quartet, and the composer Ola Yelo at the piano. Ola is our guest on the program with us via Skype from Arizona. There's another composition on this recording that uses the same ensemble as Dark Night of the Soul, but it's really a different type of piece altogether. What made you go a different direction with the ground? Or was the the ground was written first, right? Yeah, the ground was actually originally uh, uh, part of uh, a, a, a slightly earlier piece of mine. It was written a couple of years earlier than Dark Night of the Soul in uh 08 i think um and it was part of uh, a mass i wrote it was a 32 minute mass called the sunrise mass uh, which was originally for uh choir and string orchestra um but there's a uh, there's a kind of a, a section within the last movement of that mass uh which uh is very melodic very it has a very kind of uh yeah kind of warm warm uh sweeping kind of melody and and i really wanted to to make that into its own piece um and also something that could be performed again with smaller forces because uh, you know hiring uh, a string orchestra is is, uh, is not always uh, easy so um so uh, so actually, there was a, a high school choir in 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 Phoenix that commissioned this uh, uh, arrangement, the Desert Vista High School, uh, which is uh, led by one of the singers of the Phoenix Chorale, Andrew DeValk. And uh, um, so, uh, yeah, so I arranged that piece uh, or that section for um, piano, string quartet, and and choir again. And uh, but it's sort of a new piece almost because I added you know a whole kind of piano introduction and middle part and and uh, and a new ending um, uh, so it's more inspired by uh, the original mass. Um, it is it is a little different from Dark Knight of the Soul although I think that the the sound that I was looking for is similar. It's the the kind of warm large uh sound uh so in that way i think it's similar but uh it's different in that you know the ground is just very melodic uh and dark night of the soul is perhaps a little bit more kind of textural and uh, uh and has uh, a lot of a lot of it has a very kind of driving rhythm almost like a a groove so um so that's definitely a difference um but um but i think there are also uh quite a lot of similarities uh, sound-wise between the, the two pieces.
Once again, we heard Charles Bruffy and the Phoenix Chorale with the Harrington String Quartet and composer Ola Yelo at the piano. They performed the 2010 adaptation of the final movement of his Sunrise Mass titled The Ground. Some of your earlier works show a, an influence from plain chant and Renaissance music, such as your setting of Ubi Caritas, and in particular, <coughs> the Unicornis Captivitur, where the text itself is from a medieval codex. Can you talk about using earlier forms and how you went about setting a text about a unicorn? <laughs> sure. Um yeah, yeah, my 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 sort of uh, er, earlier style, I guess we. I mean, I'm I'm still only I'm only 33, so it's it's like an early period. But uh, but yeah, definitely um, those two pieces were uh, some of my first choral pieces, actually, uh, and they were written about. I guess now it's almost uh, 12, 11 years ago. Ubi Caritas was. Uh, uh, also has always been my sort of best-selling piece as a score. Um, also because it's it's very accessible. It doesn't have a lot of divisi and that kind of stuff. Um, but that one um, sort of was definitely you know inspired by the Durufle uh, Ubi Caritas, which uh, was one of the first choral pieces I I, I got to sing because uh, you know we had to sing in choir in high school, and I just loved that piece. So I. I, you know, I found the the text, of course, and and, uh, and I set two of the texts from his four motets, uh, the Totrapulcra S, which is also on the CD, and the Ubi Caritas. Um, and but while Durifles, um Ubi Caritas actually, you know, uses the original Gregorian chants, the Ubi Caritas uh, chant, um, uh, my piece is merely sort of inspired by. I think early church music and chant. Uh, so, so all, all the material is, you know, is is new. But yeah, it's also similar in form. Uh, I would say, you know, it's sort of a simple ABA form. But uh, yeah, it definitely doesn't have the more kind of cinematic, symphonic sound. I think of of uh, a lot of my later stuff. Um, and Unicorn is. Um, I found the text. Uh, just you know, taking a CD out of the a library back uh, when I lived in in Norway, uh, about yeah, twelve years ago probably, I found the text and uh, it was just uh, a Harmonia Mundi uh, a CD of chants from uh, from this from Switzerland, um, and the text was wasn't found until the 80s, I think, in a in a monastery in Engelberg, a beautiful town in Switzerland, and. Uh, so and I just you know I just looked at the text and I thought wow that's pretty unusual and very you know incredibly colorful uh, almost bizarre uh, medieval imagery uh, that was just uh, you know it was just begging to be to be set to to uh, to music um, again and uh, but I didn't use any of the original uh, chant in this piece um, so uh, so that's how that came to be and uh, I didn't really set out to do anything specific but uh, it just turned you know it, it just lent itself to sort of be influenced by by early music and, and there are some very kind of exuberant rhythmic stuff in that piece that sort of uh, definitely reminds me of, of early music or, or Renaissance uh, uh, stuff. 
The Phoenix Chorale performed the 2001 composition of Ola Yelo, Unicornis Captivitur. And I can't let you go without talking about a piece that draws its inspiration from a much newer musical genre, the evening prayer for chorus, piano, and tenor saxophone. What's your interest in jazz? Well, um, I always, uh, I, I always, I grew up with with both, uh, you know, jazz and classical. Uh, so I always played both. Um, and my father was uh, was a, you know, a very good, very good amateur uh, jazz uh, sax player. So, um, and uh, so there was a lot of jazz in in our house growing up and uh and i always loved improvising that's that's you know as a as a pianist that's by far you know where my my uh heart is at the most and um so uh, but i never really brought that into uh to my choral music before um so even prayer was the last piece that i wrote during my <clears throat> excuse me during my residency uh with the phoenix chorale and um and i just wanted to write something that was uh you know had a it was just very melodic and and, and sort of a uh gregarious kind of uh, atmosphere and uh, and i also wanted to include the saxophone um because uh, uh ted belladin uh, which i've uh, worked with quite a lot uh, who lives in Phoenix? Uh, we've done some improv concerts together here in Phoenix, where we uh, basically, you know, we play for an hour and then everything is completely improvised, and we have no idea what's going to happen. So, so we've developed a very sort of uh, close um, musical relationship that way. And uh, so, I love to. I wanted to to bring him into uh, uh, one of my choral pieces and. Uh, so I, I, I left, uh, so this piece, uh, I actually never, I still haven't written out the piano part. Uh, I just wrote down the chord symbols for myself. And so it's always a little bit different. Um, and, uh, and I play the melody quite a bit, but it was just, you know, it was just, I had it in my head, so I didn't have to write it down. And for Ted, for the saxophone, I, uh, there's some written out stuff where I, you know, he's playing a melody, uh, with the choir, um, and quite a bit of, uh, in the piece is also improvised. He was playing over uh, chord symbols, so um, so that's something uh, that was really exciting for me to do, and uh, and I'm really happy that uh, made it on to the uh, to the CD, which sort of uh, that piece is is in a way uh, much more in the direction of what I do with my piano albums, which are more of a crossover kind of thing. Um, my first piano album called uh, Stone Rose, which came out in 2007. Uh, you know, has uh, elements of classical and jazz and, and pop and more sort of folk style. Um, so, and my next one is coming out in uh, in uh, May, I think. So, uh, so that's uh, evening prayer is a little more a bridge between my more classical choral music and my my the style of my piano albums.
the evening prayer of Ola Yelo, performed by the Phoenix Chorale under the direction of Charles Bruffy. Ola Yelo was the pianist on that recording with tenor saxophonist Ted Belladin. My guest has been composer Ola Yelo. His music is featured on the new recording by the Phoenix Chorale on the Chandos label, Northern Lights, Choral Works by Ola Yelo. Ola, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. As always, if you liked the music you heard, why not support it by buying the recordings? Or better yet, tell your friends. I'm David Wood, and you've been listening to Horizons in Music, celebrating the music of living composers from the studios of WFIU Public Media in Bloomington, Indiana.